You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Webcology starts now, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. We have a uh, we actually we have a really exciting show for you today. We have the one and only Dwayne Forrester coming up on uh, coming up at, in our second and third segments. Dwayne is the uh, wonderfully named Vice President of Industry Insights over at Yex.com. He used to be uh, Chief. Uh, Chief Anti-Spam Officer over at Bing. He was working with Bruce Clay and uh, had been working with Microsoft. He's going to be on the show a little bit later. Dave, how you doing today, bro? I am. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I know we got uh, a lot of news. Uh, we got like, a great guest. I mean, what's uh, what's not to love about today? I, uh, in my news feed, and that was like oh, that was intimidating. <laughs> like, I know. I know. I know it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting. Going to be super informative. And you're right. It's a it's a guy who knows a lot about a lot. So I'm I'm really looking forward to having him on. And uh, hopefully, I don't sound stupid. Indeed. Well, it's okay. <laughs> I'll I'll do that for you. <laughs> I'm good at that. So uh, where do you want to go first? Um. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to start, Jim. Uh, wishing you a happy anniversary. That's right. It's, it's our it's our tenth friend anniversary friend anniversary, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. We're, uh, it, it's interesting because I got my yesterday my you just joined Facebook uh, ten year and then uh, and then got you become friends with Mary. So you're obviously my number like sec- hey there you go you're you're my number two friend after my wife. 
Oh my god! <laughs> and I dated wow. right after a day later. Um, it, it was uh, it was uh, you who. Uh, well, yeah, ten years ago today we became friends on Facebook, which probably means it was like. Ten years ago yesterday is when Facebook opened up. I'm just going to guess <laughs> to the world because I know I was waiting for it. It's amazing. The uh, webcology predates Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've been, we've been doing this a while. Uh, so yep. but, uh, speaking of doing things, we've got, I don't know, we got so much news to cover. Um, you know what, one that I, I I'm just going to jump on cause I, I found this interesting anyway, and maybe it's just me. Um, site developers are always interested in those little extra, um, you know, ones and zeros you can put in there to improve your rankings, right? I mean, that's why we're all listening to this show. Well, if you have job listings, um, there's an article yep. from, uh, just a couple days ago over on, uh, on the 20th by, Hey, I had to mention his name, Barry Schwartz over on search engine land. Um, there's also some announcements on Google and, and all over the place. Uh, but job listings now have uh, markup. <laughs> so you can actually specify all the details um, using markup and, and actually letting Google know this is a job listing. These are all the you know specifics about that job listing, just like you can do with, with so many other things. Um, I can only imagine it'll be a fast, fast adoption. <laughs> so <laughs> This is something that webmasters ought to do with, uh, say, the careers page on their websites or on on their clients' websites. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I can only imagine that it's going to be a fast adoption for you know uh, job seeking companies. So if you want people onto your page and you're trying to compete against you know massive companies, <laughs> uh, you know that are that are dedicated to job listings, um, you better get this on there fast because they're going to be doing it on mass. Right. So if you need yours to stand out, you're about to you're about to lose out on, on a fairly, I can only assume, fairly major um, signal because it, 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 it's, it's going to really clarify a lot of that data for Google. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get that in there or if you want to at all have your job listings rank, uh, I, I can't even imagine not doing that. Now, there's a there's a whole new list of. Uh of structured markup that you're going to have to add to make sure that uh, job listings are visible. Do a Google search. Um, uh, try developers uh, Google job postings or go to uh, developers.com and just put job postings into the uh, search search function there. Uh, read up on it and go for it. Um, I haven't seen these in the wild yet, but I imagine that uh, Actually, I have no idea how Google's going to be compiling and showing these listings, but I imagine it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. And that's why it's like, okay, right now I could see it just as a signal to like really reinforce this is what this page is about. And so put that in the context of your crawls. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine it won't be long until Google is now right top of page um, showing you some, some of the top job listings related to what you're searching for. So, and becoming that place you look for jobs. Um, rather than a place to find a place to look for jobs. <laughs> right on. Um, okay, we've uh, learned from uh, Gary Eyes and from John Mueller and from Googleites uh, here and far that the uh, switch over to the mobile front, the mobile centric, mobile friendly, mobile first search index, whatever you want to call it, is coming. Not sooner than you think, but it's coming. Uh, probably in 2018, but you know how these things go, right? It's, it is coming, though, right? Right. 
So uh, they're advising us, and this is, this is way important. Switch your M dot to something responsive uh, before it happens. Now, I don't know. How hasn't, how hasn't frozen over yet? As a matter of fact, I <laughs> Antarctica is melting. But um, we do know that the mobile first index is coming. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> it's over there. Just over the horizon. So you do have plenty of time to switch your M dots to something responsive. Something responsive for another. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. Hell. Well, you know what? On this one, uh, and, and it's funny, I think it is a great time for them to mention this. And here's why. Jim, in all your years, and everybody can answer at the same time with your own version of a laugh. Uh, when was the last time you saw a design slash development project go exactly as planned and end exactly on schedule? But I mean, uh, it doesn't happen. <laughs> like, I, I don't know that I've ever seen one that just went smoothly. Not always a fault of the developer, not always a, a fault at all, right? There will always be something unexpected or sometimes a new technology. It's just like, oh, okay, well, you know, that didn't exist two months ago when we started and now it is on, on a big project. Oh, are you um, defending those lollygags at Google? <laughs> Jeez. Um, but uh, you know what? I think it is a good time to like, yeah, if you want to make sure and you've got any kind of, you know, yeah, sure, some redevelopments of a site can take, you know, a few days. But if you've got a large site that has some complex functionality and you need to actually completely redevelop this whole thing, you should have started by now. That's what I wanted to ask in the first place. Like, like, why should we switch the M dots now? Why wasn't this advice being given like two years ago when, yeah. uh, when responsive design was becoming a thing? You know what though? Cause we're talking right now as if 2018 means January. <laughs> you may be giving us basically a year and a half notice. I'm getting this done. Indeed. Well, the, the the point is, we do know that it's coming. And David, you're at, I mean, you are absolutely right. Like think, thinking the scale that Google, Google works at and the necessity for precision in, in 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 those listings. Yeah, I get it. It's just the fear of God boogeyman sort of thing hanging over our heads all the time is getting really old. <laughs> well, there's that, and then there's always the entirely legitimate fear. Like I appreciate that they take their time. Right. I, I, I always have. It's frustrating when we're told the timeline and then it changes. But I appreciate that they're taking their time. But it's like, holy cow, if you've got that many brilliant people sitting in a room trying to solve what has to be a major initiative on Google's part, and it's taking them many years and they're not even really confident that a year more is going to quite cut it. I, I don't even know what I'm worried might happen. But something is going to sneak through the cracks. <laughs> well, again, I mean, this has to come. I, honestly, I mean, I, I, we will ask Dwayne if he feels like going out on a limb with this with a question. Like, I, I intend to ask him anyway. But my guess is just that the nature of a mobile site is so very different than the nature of a desktop site. It's yeah. a matter of finding the information and making sure that that Google actually understands what's being expressed in this format rather than the you know, widescreen desktop format, eh? Yeah, well, and I think that is part of the reason why, I think they're being self-serving when they're going, hey, switch to responsive from MDOT. Because inherently there are actually better uses for MDOT at times. Not every time, but there are times. I mean, my site's responsive. Mine isn't one of those, right? But in responsive, it's very, well, I shouldn't say it's very easy to understand the, the, the difference in, in how it presents on a screen. 
but it's a lot easier than when you have two completely different sites that may be serving completely different content, right? And like serving it in a completely different way. If you have responsive, it's going to be pretty predictable to Google. So I think they might be kind of self-serving in, in almost telling us to go responsive because it doesn't always sue, serve the company whose site it is or the, the user, but it's going to help Google a lot <laughs> trying to figure out how to rank your pages um, and how to make sure that the desktop and mobile experiences are, are as close to, to the same as possible. So um, I don't blame them for it. I just think it's a little self-serving, not necessarily in the user's best interest or the site owner's best interest in all cases. But, um, you know, they're a company and they need to work in their own self-interest. And I think that's what they're doing. Well, as, you know, as usual. Now, that story was also brought to us by Barry Swartz, who also <laughs> happens to be the star of SEO the movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, have you seen that yet? Have you? Have you I, I, I haven't seen it yet. No. Uh, I've got a long trek to do next week, um, so I'm just going to watch it on uh, on my phone on the trek. Well, uh, <laughs> quick spoiler alert: we're not in it. <laughs> no, eh? I know. I know. Webmaster Radio's not in it. I feel like I feel like Eric Ward, who does have the most epic rant at the end of uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the film, but uh, you know, it's okay. It was nice to see and hear Joe Whalen again. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't obviously seen it, but I've seen stuff about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, chill, yeah. yeah and she was so, there right at the beginning, so yep, she, she should be there. Um, but again, sadly, we're not in it. Yeah, I know. So well, how okay. good could it be, really? Um, <laughs> so here, here's what I want, I want to mention. We're, we're, we're getting quick on time, but um, this one, I guess, shouldn't have surprised me, but it's almost dismaying for me. But um, according to, uh, to uh, Greg Sterling, or at least a study that Greg Sterling wrote about in Search Engine Land, um, reviews and other user-generated content they're more influential over consumers than uh, surgery positioning or any amount of, of advertising retargeted or not. Mm -hmm. So the review you see, the stars that you see, the, uh, the, 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 the Yelp comments, many of which are prompted by you know, negative impulses, not necessarily positive impulses, those have a greater effect over consumer behavior than all the marketing work you and I might do. Right. Yeah, no, I know. And it's not surprising. Like, I mean, have you been influenced by, by user-generated content, stars, reviews? Of course you have. I have. I look up restaurants all the time. Um, you know, I, I'm purchasing something on Amazon. How's the product rated? Right? Like, I'm always looking up this stuff. Now, I also do take the time to look past the stars and look at the reviews. Um, and there's been some bad reviews that I've been like, yeah, no, I totally want to go to that place because I love that they don't like this person. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, you know, in those cases, that happens. I've defended restaurants who have bad reviews going, but you just said you didn't eat it, but yet you're judging their food at two. Like, what are you doing? Um, you know, but at the same time, yeah, this this can lead to problems. And it, it has to be why they're all like all of them are. But but Google a lot right now. Uh, is cracking down and coming up with systems for detection of fake reviews. And that was some news from a few days, but I think it was last week. Yeah. Um, you know, some efforts they're making there, but it makes a lot of sense, especially if it's going to influence users and influence engines, but users more, which is going to influence engines, right? If we want to talk that way. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it makes sense that they really do need to make sure these are real and 
locations like restaurants or, or businesses as a whole need to come up with ways to review or to, to, to solicit and, and, and get these reviews. I shouldn't say solicit because that's bad for some of the sites, <laughs> but to, to somehow inspire their people, um, you know, their, their customers to review them. And maybe people need to take a little onus and go, if I really like a place, I should be reviewing it. <laughs> like if I, or even if I am just kind of middle of the road, like it'd be good. Like I, I, you see these, I'm sure you've seen them. I've seen them where it's all ones and twos or fours and fives, right? It's like, did nobody just go, eh. <laughs> right? Eh, it was an okay burger, right? Like, and the staff was, you know, they were fast, but you know, they were in a hurry and they sort of threw my food down, but they weren't rude. And you know, <laughs> well, that's like, the thing. Why would you, why would you give a mediocre review? I mean, I, I, I feel, I feel milk toast about this place. Why bother? Either you feel you know what? About and that is the point. And I do know that there are some, and I, you know, I think it's, see, I use so many of these social media profiles in, in that context. I'm like, okay, which one is just a heart or a broken heart? And which one gives me an opportunity to get some stars? Um, but there are some of them that if you have the app, it'll just ask you, like, what, what did you think of this place? Whether you liked it or not. And I don't like the, I loved it or hated it. I think that's just kind of silly because there's there's all shades of gray in between um but yeah giving an option of like rate this between one and five stars and you're not committing to do a review it'll ask you after to do a review but you don't have to just rate it right and then in you know pulling me in and asking me you know when i'm killing time you know what did you think of this place yeah okay and it actually seemed like they're pretty good at actually going oh you seem to be you know just buggering about on your phone we see you're on facebook all right <laughs> you know we can throw up an alert right now um i don't know if that's built in or just coincidence but yeah I, I think those are the sorts of things we need to build in is almost more of a like okay what did you think we know you were here what did you think right rather than waiting for us because you're right i'm only inspired to review or rate when i'm happy or sad if there was a way that they could verify that the person actually had a uh an experience whether it was a good experience or bad experience whatever but they actually had an experience in the place that they're reviewing then you know what? I'd be all for reviews. I mean, I told you last week about the quick uh, reputation management job I I, I, I landed with uh, a local restaurant that was, yeah. you know, it, was, it, it turns out it was a personal dispute. Nothing yeah. to do with food, nothing to do with the service, nothing to do with the restaurant, and certainly nothing to do with, uh, you know, any, any experience that a customer might have there. It's just uh, somebody felt bad about another person and decided to be an ass about it. Yeah, no, that that does happen. And one of the things I like um, is Google, for example, if you use like I've downloaded Google Contribute anyway, so you're like a contributor to like maps and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they will. They are paying attention to where I am. Easy turn off. Obviously, you turn off location if you're like, I don't want to be like tracked around. Which I, you know, whatever. I know whether I have contribute or not. I know they know where I am. Right? So it doesn't matter. Uh, it's just a little creepy because they show you where you've been, but they will <laughs> ask. They'll be like, we noticed you were here. Would you like to rate that? And that I do like, where it's like, okay, you're ahead going, okay, and we know you actually ate there because you, you were there for a while. Did you, did you like it? Right? And, and so going that angle where you do get that verified, and I have a strong suspicion because it only makes sense that my review in that instance is going to be weighted more favorably because they know I was there. They asked me to review it. <laughs> so... Well, if uh, if you do run a business and uh, local search, regular organic search, uh, you're, you're involved in paid ads, whatever, uh, you're involved in social media marketing, whatever, find a way to open up 
reviews for your customers. Like Dave, like Dave said earlier, you can't. You shouldn't be soliciting the reviews, but you should be encouraging them one way or another because they have um, much more influence over the way people behave than the placement you might find in a search engine or uh, reaction to the advertisements you're running on the internet. We got to take a break here on Webcology on Cranberry.fm, but when we come back, we have one of the more interesting and entertaining people in the search marketing field. Dwayne Forrester has uh, worked for some of the big houses, some of the big uh, search houses as well. He's now working with uh, with Yext. He's uh, he's telling them about you and me, <laughs> uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can tell us about Yext. Friends, you're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 22nd of June, 2017. We're back with Dwayne Forrester after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Circle. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 22nd of June, night 2017. <laughs> 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 1917. 
Um, it's been one of those mornings, but we got a great afternoon ahead of us. We have Dwayne Forster, Vice President of Industry Insights at Yex.com. Dwayne has had a storied career in, in, in technology and search. He worked for Microsoft. He was webmaster spokesperson for Bing. He's working uh, with Bruce Clay for a year, and now he's moved on to uh, Yex, where, again, he's become the VP of Industry Insights. Dwayne Forrester, welcome to Webcology. Thank you very much, guys. It's uh, it's exciting and fun to be here with you guys. Well, I don't I don't think we've actually had you on the show before, it, uh, but we definitely should have, like, a hundred times over. So it's, it's great to get you on now. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with you guys. I mean, you guys are busy. The show is popular. You have lots of great people on there. I'm just uh, I'm grateful to be included in the mix now. Well... <laughs> You're at Yext, and uh, Yext is an Yext is an interesting tool. It's uh, it's had a uh, yeah, it's had a pretty interesting development career. I think pr- pretty much everyone who's involved in local search has used it at one time or another. Mm-hmm. What drew you there? You know, I'll tell you. Um, it was interesting, and and I get this question a lot. I mean, I have a big background in you know uh, the in-house world. Uh, when I was running uh, SEO over at MSN, and you know at the search engine, there was that that version of me. Uh, then I took on the agency side for about 14 months with Bruce Clay. And, you know, people are frequently asking me why Yext and they think, you know, oh, Yext is a good tool for local and this kind of thing. And it's funny, what really attracted me to Yext was, uh, well, there's a number of reasons, but primarily it's the actual vision and growth for the company. Like the focus that they have is, an actual platform scenario. And, you know, we can get into that a bit more as we get into the show, but you see this with the products and services that are being rolled out now, that it's more than a tool. It is, um, it is, is much more of a uh, platform, if you will. And your your role there, your, uh, your title is vice president of industry insights. So, um, with that, with that, with that title in mind, what are, what are you contributing to the, uh, to the growth of Yext? Right. So my focus is largely around, uh, you know, uh, typically where my strengths are, the things that I am uh, normally involved with, speaking at conferences, uh, dealing directly with uh, partners and businesses and helping them understand the larger picture of everything. Um, I write a lot for uh, for this, um, uh, for the blog that we have and for other industry sites as well. Um, you know, on the back end, I'm involved with any number of projects, whether it's, you know, product review or, um, you know, dealing with the, um, uh, the usability stuff, uh, helping guide some of the SEO of our own programs, all of these kinds of things. So ultimately it's more about roll up your sleeves, use the skills you have and contribute to growing the company. Now you, you, you mentioned it and you gave me sort of a, a great segue there because you, you had mentioned that you, one of the things that excited you, helped you make your decision is some of the, the things that are on the radar, some of the things that they're doing. I, I know, I know a lot of that's going to be confidential, so I'm not going to dig into, Hey, what can we expect from them? But yeah. one of the things that interested me when I was like, okay, I need to have, um, you know, we need to have Dwayne online now. Cause this is, this is exciting. Um, is you launched an app directory. That was like a week ago. It's up and live. Yeah. So I know I can talk about yeah. that. <laughs> totally. Um, and this um, is, what is it? Well, you know, this is like kind of like the, the initial manifestation of this concept of platform, right? It's, it's this idea of being able to share data two ways from useful sources, your business and your data being one source. And then, you know, we've got a couple of dozen out of the gate places like 
you know, HubSpot lead generation and the review management for Zendesk, Domo Connector and Zapier Data Connector, you know, and there's there's so many more. Lobster, Quizio, Vidmob, Smartling. Like, it, it's a really useful space for people to do things such as, you know, like Smartling. You can actually translate text for global customer base through this interface. Makes it exponentially easier for businesses plugged into the platform to execute on those things, saving them time, ultimately saving them money. And it is a big differentiator for us. So, uh, I mean, take me through a, okay, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a person, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm a, I'm a business <laughs> owner, a small business owner. And, and, and you're, I, I'm looking at this. What do, I mean, obviously every scenario is a little different, but what would be an atypical, here's what I would actually do with this. What, what, what's an actual use case that sort of people could wrap their brains around why Dave was excited when he heard about it. Okay. So, um, uh, Dave has a business. We will say that this business is successful. We'll give you that Dave. Um, <laughs> and then, um, we will, uh, invent a scenario here where for some reason, Dave had, uh, in, in, engendered the displeasure of a particular customer and that customer decided to leave a review. And that review was a two-star review. Now in Dave being, you know, the typical Canadian that I know he is, um, <laughs> largely not paying attention to the reviews, busy, got to run a business, got payroll, got inventory, got all these other things to deal with. Review management is one thing in the hundreds that the average business owner has to deal with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so noticing that that happened quickly and certainly being able to get on top of it in a timely manner, respond back to a person, try to recover the situation, learn from them. That can slip, slip through the cracks at times. Well, this integration with Zendesk allows you to do things like, hey, if I get a two-star review, send the notice to my customer service team that they have to reach out on that and find out what's wrong. And it leads you to that opportunity to recover a customer. In some cases, it's not possible to recover the customer, but you can still learn from that interaction based on what the customer has shared with you. Without this alert and this ability to go back and forth through the data, it could be a missed opportunity for a business. That's a great example. A great example. And you're right. And I, I don't know if it's a Canadian thing or if everybody suffers no, from the not. same thing. But, you know, yeah, you do. You're a business owner. There's there's a lot yeah. of, like, shiny things flickering around you at all times that need to be taken care of. And all of them need to be taken care of yesterday. So, yeah, having something to Absolutely. put that in my inbox, very, very helpful. And put it in the inbox of the person that needs to deal with it so maybe I yeah. don't. You know what? Um, you know what, Dave? Sorry, sorry to cut you off like that, Wayne, but uh, now that you mention it, like, you and me have very little access to that kind of data. Who does, who looks at reviews, who takes uh, this part that's faster to their website or website marketing more seriously. But Dwayne, you do. Is there any insight that you're getting from uh, the, you know, the, the, the amount of data that you're seeing at Yex that you didn't, that you weren't able to get from uh, your time at Microsoft or your time at Bruce Klein? Yeah. Um, well, first off, it's important to note that that data isn't something that we look at. I mean, that's, that's not for us. Right. Um, but I can tell you this, um, I have firsthand experience having met with, uh, uh, let me backtrack here when I was, you know, at Bruce Clay and I was at Microsoft, very little of this data was like pulled together and aggregated beyond someone at a business going, scraping information off the web by hand, putting it into spreadsheets, coming in with a few hundred reviews to a meeting and saying, Hey, everybody, Let's look at who loves us. Let's look at who hates us and see if we can discern patterns as we read through all this. 
that was primarily how that information was gathered during you know the last five to ten years. And even today, I've had business meetings with national chains where we sat down and had these conversations, and that's how they're taking it. They're taking that data in by hand, putting it in the spreadsheets, taking a look through it, and then saying, okay, you know, here are common themes of issues that we need to talk to at the store level. And it's broadly across everyone. It may be a regional thing or it could be an individual store, but it's still very intensive that way. And, you know, a system like this can help move you beyond that. And ultimately, and to your point, puts the information in front of the person who's responsible for taking the action on it. Because no good to send the report up the chain. The director of marketing gets it, looks at it and says, hey, everybody, we have a problem here. And everyone else looks at it and goes, oh, yeah, we didn't see that. And then you go all the way back down the chain, you know, to find one store manager who's not on top of their customer service training the way they're supposed to be, or one system that's consistently broken that consumers are trying to use and it's creating dissatisfaction. You know, this just makes it a whole lot faster to discovery and turnaround. So in the position you're in now, how differently do you look at websites at the, uh, I guess, the, the, the job that websites and webmasters do? You know, it's, that's really interesting because it kind of mirrors, you know, everyone has a career growth pattern, I guess, a curve that we're on. And, you know, and, and when I was at Microsoft, there was a whole lot of, you know, very technical managing the technical SEO work and dealing with the, uh, the, uh, the programming, uh, groups and the teams in it that were responsible for executing on it, the dev teams and whatnot. Um, you know, when I went to Bruce Clay, it was that, but broader, more businesses, more people, more systems, um, all of them slightly different, you know, so you had to kind of work within whatever each one offered. Um, and today my perspective on it is very, um, I, I like to think of it as refined. Um, some people might think of it, um, as a bit of a rollback. Um, I take a much more simplified approach to things. And years ago we started to see this in the industry and especially the SEO industry where this concept of keyword research was giving away to this idea of topic focus, where we really started to focus on the customer's journey and figuring out what questions the customer was likely to ask next, and then positioning ourselves in front of them with answers to every one of those logical questions. Mm -hmm. And that type of approach has been very much something that, you know, mid and larger brands have really gotten behind, you know, from personas to actual engagement. Uh, you're seeing it through all of the testing that they do and the programs they run and to some degree uh, integration across campaigns, whether it's TV and offline into the online world and back and forth. And and so my perspective on this and this is, you know, we touched a little bit on, you know, why yext at the beginning. Um, it actually fed into a bit of that because, you know, the technical side of SEO is pretty well known now. There's not a lot of big, you know, aha moments anymore. And. So if we if we've kind of mastered that or at least gotten to the point where we're going to understand as much as we can and we can move those needles in reasonable manners, what is next? What is the next thing to focus on? And, and it has to be this customer journey side that most businesses don't focus on when they're focusing on the technical aspects. And Yext is that great data layer that allows you to focus on that customer journey that helps fill in those blanks. And, and it all happens to come along at a time when Google, Bing, Facebook, Amazon, everybody's getting into these so-called intelligent services. And that we're talking about voice search on your phone. We're talking about Google Home, Alexa, Cortana, all of these things. 
where people are engaging with them, it's changing the patterns of behavior. Newer generations are engaging even faster with them. And it's taking us from that era. You know, we, we wanted to move away from 10 blue links. We started to move away from 10 <laughs> blue links. I don't think everybody really knew. Yeah. Okay. 10 blue links is behind us, but, but everybody was looking back to see it recede. Nobody was looking forward to see where we were going to land. And as it turns out, we're landing in discrete instances where people are asking their phones by voice for information very specific near them. I'm looking for a hotel that's pet friendly. I want a hotel that has a jacuzzi in my room. These kinds of queries are the fastest growing type of queries. And the data that fills in those blanks about your business, that's the critical information. And that's what people are focusing on today. And so it's a very different world. Um, I'm fascinated with it because I think it's a logical growth for the SEO community to go in that, dish, the, in that direction of managing digital knowledge all up as opposed to a discrete set of technical aspects and, and fighting over those smaller pieces. The, uh, this is a, a, a terrible thing to do to our audience and a horrible thing to do to you, Dwayne, but it's a tyranny of time, man, and I'm so sorry about this. We've got to take a break. Can I ask you to sit through a couple minutes of commercials and then uh, stick around for the, for, the, for the last segment of the show? I would be happy to hang out with you guys. Uh, wonderful. Uh, most appreciated friends, this is Dwayne Forrester, the uh, industry insight, Vice President of Industry Insights at Yext. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's the 22nd of June of 2017, and uh, we're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm.
ecology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Dean. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Culture on Cranberry.fm. It is the 22nd of June 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And we are joined by the one and only Vice President for Industry Insights over at Yax, Dwayne Forrester. Uh, Dwayne, thank you for sticking around through the commercial, man. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to hang with you guys. Um, so we were talking about how, uh, as we went into break, we were talking about how um, search engines have been have changed over the years. We were chasing after the uh, 10 blue links. That's changed. Trying to answer questions that... that uh, readers might pose rather than uh you know chasing keyword density or something that that was a wonderful and, and <laughs> probably very positive change and i think that's, that's kind of where we left the conversation and that was making me think of uh seth godin's writings um you know where, where basically he says all marketers are storytellers um it's our job to answer questions and weave stories um and it occurred to me that brands are large enough that they have the, the the capital to create these stories. Either they have the the, the, the the reputation capital or the actual capital to pay to create these stories. Yeah. Um, Dwayne, how does how does Yext act as an equalizer for smaller businesses? Well, you know that's the beauty of this this kind of world that we find ourselves in now. You know, before the break, we were talking a bit about you know we were all looking behind us and seeing the ten blue links world that we grew up in. And if you look forward now, there's the singular answer. And you know, you ask your your device for an answer, and whether that's a knowledge card, a local pack result, a map result, or even a spoken answer, you know, the opportunity to be number one is much more limited now. Mm-hmm. And so when you couple that with the data from Google that shows us, you know, the depth and expansion of granular questions that are happening in the mobile environment you start to see opportunities for all businesses. Now, the challenge for the big business is moving fast enough and getting granular enough. They certainly have the product, the service, and the data available to do it, but whether they have the people and the focus and the timing to be able to make that happen, that can be a challenge for them at their scale. Smaller businesses obviously can just pick and choose these niches to just exploit those areas in. And that gives them the coverage that drives uh, awareness, that drives engagement, which ultimately drives business if they've done their technical stuff well on the website. Because you you can't get around managing the conversion funnel. You can't get around good usability and so on. Um, But assuming you've done that technical work, you know, you do have that opportunity to kind of stick the crowbar in there and pry that space a little wider for yourself and take more out of that. And it's a huge opportunity. The equalizer are things like schema.org, marking up mm-hmm. your content, becoming those trusted sources for things. And if you actually, if you sit down and you think about the buyer's journey and what that means, then you start to be able to see the kind of path that you may want to lay out in front of you. Now, the differentiator that I see is that a large company can do this and a small company can do this. The difference being that the larger company may be able to put a campaign in place which educates the consumer on the types of questions that the consumer should be asking about a particular product or service. And so in doing that, that company positions themselves to be the answer to the question asked by the consumer. 
Mm -hmm. Smaller companies obviously get to play off that because if they're somewhat aligned to this, they can be relevant as well. But it is tougher for the small company to go out there and impact the consumers with a large enough campaign to get the consumer to ask the small company's question. And therefore, the small company becomes the answer. Um, but that is, it's the double-edged sword. You know, it's tougher for the big company to move fast. It's tougher for the small company to have the bigger impact. Both of them, though, have the opportunity to leverage things like markup and to become those trusted services or trusted sources of data that the engines are looking for and these services are looking for. Okay, I'm rec I reckon that you know different customers have different questions, and whether you're a small business or a large business, um, you're serving multiple needs with uh, with any given product. Mm -hmm. um, Yext helps collect tons and tons and tons of information on on individual customers um, and individual customer interactions. How would uh, how would you use, be using that data to uh, to optimize a campaign? So we don't collect that data. We enable you to manage your own data. Okay, my, that's, my apologies. Sorry. No, no, it that's helps okay. You collect that data. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it helps you manage that data. And that's you know that's actually a critical thing here. And if you want to get to a use case, um, I can give you one that is incredibly important to businesses today. Um, this notion of trust that the engine has to have trust, Google, Bing, Yahoo, whoever it is, they actually have to implicitly trust you and everything about you in order to want to have that as the one answer. And part of the way that you engender that trust is across your entire digital footprint having a consistency. So this isn't a situation where, you know, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm, my information is correct in Google, my information is correct in Bing, I'm not going to put any more time into it. The problem is that that information may be correct in those locations, but in 80 other locations, the data has drifted, whether it's hours of operation, reviews aren't being managed, um, you know, it could be a street address, could be your doing business as name versus your actual business name and so on. You know, the, the, the challenge is that um, it's, it's, you've got to manage it. And it's managing that entire footprint that starts to build that trust everywhere. And that, that is an incredible opportunity for businesses today. And obviously that's an important thing for Yex because uh, Dwayne, twice during this interview, you've corrected Dave or I about the way we phrased Yex collects information. Yeah. So obviously that's an important point for Yex. Why? Absolutely. Well, it's very important for businesses to understand this, right? Especially in today's environment, when you think about um, how valuable data is, and then the follow-on conversation of what a business may be doing with that data. Mm -hmm. um, from the consumer standpoint, there's a lot of, you know, conversation about that. From the business standpoint, you know, similar, um, similar conversations come up. But it's important for a business to know that they ultimately use this as a way to manage their data. That's what this platform does. And it allows them to manage interactions with consumer in some cases through the app directory and some of those opportunities. Um, but most importantly, it is about saving time, saving money, streamlining processes. And in doing so, because the footprint is cleaner, that generates trust and that helps you long run. Now, a lot of this is going to be successful for a business because they've done their work previously. So if we all look back on the era of 10 blue links and we can all raise our hand and say, I've done reasonable SEO to my website. I rank reasonably well. I have reasonably good usability. 
if we've done those things, we're ideally positioned now to take advantage of these things moving forward, like schema and these intelligence services. And we, very thankfully, we plug in at this moment in time to help people manage all that data. You know, there, there's a few directions that I, I'd like to go. One of them was like, you know, I remember when when Yext was did one thing, like we're going back years, right? Like yeah. they've been around a while in case you hadn't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, and, and their offering is really expanded. And I know you couldn't go, hey, here's, you know, where we're headed specifically. But what is, you know, I'm just going to ask it the way I've got it written down in front of me. What is Yaks then? Like I look through and I see, I mean, we're talking a lot about different things. And it's, it's very rare that I want to ask a question that's about a company specifically in that way and go pitch me because what is it? Um, but there are so many different offerings. What is the solution they're providing that ties this all together? Right. And that's, you know, that's ultimately the platform that we have, you know, whether it's knowledge manager, the actual pages that be created, listings, reviews, um, on the backside of that, the analytics that we offer a business, which uh, frankly, and anyone who knows me understands where I'm coming from with this, I'm a, an SEO data guy from way back. And I love the analytics that we offer people. Very useful, in my opinion, even as just an adjunct uh, or an extra data source. Um, now, when you look at things like the app directory, there's an added layer in there. All of this is about saving time. And in some cases, there are actual partnerships that we have with Yahoo and with Google and with Bing. The only way to edit the data that shows up in those sources is through Yext. There is no interface with those engines to edit that data specifically. And so, you know, we've built those relationships over all of that time. You know, I mean, yes, company started small and it grew. And recently we had our IPO. And now we're at that point where we, those relationships pay off. We've invested in them. There's a trust there. And we get to expand on that by offering it to customers and saying, here, here's everything. Here's the entire network that we have, we have availability to. And as, as things would have it, as the timing in our industry would have it, now is the time for people to be managing all this data in this manner. And so ultimately, it's a platform that saves you money through saving you time and getting you reach that doesn't exist in many other cases. So now, I mean, I, I've got to ask this too, because I know we've only got a, a few minutes left here. And, and you know, the question I want to ask is, what's the direction for you? What's next for you? But I'm not going to do that to you because I know you probably couldn't answer it. So I'm going to say what's next in local. If you're just predicting right. crystal ball, okay. what's the next big thing in local? So, so I, I will give you guys at least this much, right? Um, you've seen that we've, you know, put the app uh, ecosystem out there, right? Mm -hmm. And and that gives you some insight into one area that we'll be growing in, because obviously we would like to expand in that area. So that would be something we would focus on. Um, for local, it's going to become, and this is where I think we're at the very beginning of something here, because all these services that we have coming up, whether it's their voice assistance, whether it's the in-home product or your mobile device with you at any given time, uh, connectivity through your automobile, um, we're going to see that the data that exists today is going to become much more important in our everyday lives in ways that we didn't necessarily think of. And, you know, normally you want to go run errands, you generally know where you're going, but isn't it good if somebody can alert you while you're on your way to something that's useful to you rather than getting home and getting the email and saying, oh crap, okay, there's a sale back there. Okay, well I'll go tomorrow then. Like there's a lot that comes from this and ultimately 
It's about managing data at the business end. And if people are doing that well and they're doing it right, there's a lot of a business advantage to that. From, from I'm going to flip this over now as well. From a career standpoint, um, something that I have been very focused on since my time at Sempo when I started the in-house salary survey there, um, there is an opportunity here for a new type of career path, one which I think SEOs are ideally suited for, and it is around managing all of this digital knowledge that businesses have. And there are a few businesses that are focused in this area and actually have careers and, and roles specific to this, but most businesses aren't there yet. They're not, that's not on their radar. They're not aware of it. Um, the pieces are being moved around inside their own businesses, but not necessarily in an orchestrated manner. And so there's an opportunity there for people. And then by extension, an opportunity for the business. Um, but, but I think the, the next big thing that we're going to see is a tighter integration between businesses who mark themselves up and the data that's available to a consumer and the consumer's experience in their daily life and that information being brought forward to them through their assistance. That is something that's going to have a big effect because now we start getting into the augmented reality stuff and different apps and so on. And that's going to have a big effect on luring people through business doorways. And the world that we live in um, two years from now, two months, two minutes from now, is going to be radically different with uh, the advent of big data. Um, we got, we're into our last two minutes um, Dwayne, um, it's hard to, it's hard to phrase a question that you can answer in like such a quick amount of time. Um, how should SEOs prepare for this big data future? Uh, it's an awesome question. I'm, I'm telling you right now, get, get your head out of the sand. If your head is in the sand, start learning other things. You have to be aware of what's going on in social. You have to be aware of what's going on in the paid world. You have to understand the buyer's journey. Um, incidentally, um, uh, there's a great author, Brian Eisenberg, wrote a book called yeah. Buyer's Journey. Yeah. Right? Very, very wild Yeah, totally. Um, and so, like, th there's all of these different things. You have to have an understanding of more broad-based marketing programs and systems and how these things work. Um, you have to understand how the IT department functions, how at the store level the stores function, all of these different areas. That is truly the skill set that's going to be required, broader than SEO, but a deep knowledge in that space so that you can combine everything and help a business move forward. Uh, Dwayne Forrester, Vice President of Industry Insights at Yext. Um, man, it's been, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I love hanging out with you guys. Well, we're gonna, if, if possible, we're going to have you back on again in the next six months. I've got a feeling in just six months we'll have a whole wild yeah. new world to talk about. No doubt. Okay, friends, um, you've been listening to Dwayne Foster, again, the Vice President of Industry Insights over at Yext. On behalf of Dave Davies from uh, Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 22nd of June, 2017. <laughs> Stick around the network. I completely garbled as it's Dwayne Forrester. <laughs> I can be Dwayne Foster for you, Jim. I don't mind. <laughs> I work on these names for minutes at a time. Okay, friends, you've been listening to Web College on Cranberry.fm. Stick around the network. Plenty of great uh, content coming up after the news. At least half of us will be back here next week. 
The opinions expressed those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 